Raymond Scott Quintet comes to the microphone with a brand new composition. For the first time anywhere tonight, we hear Scott's ultra-modern Harlem Hillbilly.
the low end is being knocked out. Now, just uh, it'll change again if I adjust it here. All right, cut off. You're listening to WZBC 90.3 FM Newton, Boston College. My name is Brian Carpenter. Tonight, I'm hosting a special program called Imagination and Innovation, focusing on the incredible work and career of Raymond Scott. He was a composer, band leader, pianist, engineer, inventor, and early electronic music pioneer. He's a huge figure in 20th century music. What we just heard there was a 1938 uh, Raymond Scott composition for orchestra called Mexican Jumping Bean, as performed by the Metropole Orchestra in 1999. And before that, a 
new uh, piece that has not been released yet by the Brand Flakes comes off of a, a release called Raymond Scott Rewired, a release that's going to happen soon. It's all remixes of Raymond Scott. And to top set off, we heard a Raymond Scott piece called Harlem Hillbilly, performed by his first band, the Raymond Scott Quintet, which originally debuted 75 years ago in 1937, later released on a Basta Records CD called Microphone Music. With me in the studio tonight, one of the people who put that CD together, uh, very special guest Jeff Winner is here. He's the manager of the Raymond Scott Archives. He's been one of the key people responsible in bringing public awareness of Raymond Scott during the last 20 years, along with Erwin Chusted, who joins us a little later. Erwin and Jeff have both produced several releases of Raymond Scott's, including what we just heard, Microphone Music, Manhattan Research, and Jeff continues to host and produce albums and events related to Raymond Scott. Jeff, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. So uh, let, let's start with the Raymond Scott Quintet, since we, we heard that at the top of the program, and that's kind of one of his first, I guess, his first band. Now, this band <coughs> debuted in 37 and became immediately popular yeah. on the radio. And can you talk about the sensation of this group? And, and, and you're the one who told me this band was only together for two years. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. All that music was only happened in only two years. They de- debuted on radio in 1936 uh, at Christmas. And immediately, uh, they got phone calls, they got letters, they wanted more and more of this band. And so a whole string of hits followed in the coming months. Twilight and Turkey, Powerhouse, and this was all 75 years ago. So we're celebrating that this year. And um, within a year, this band had to deal with 20th Century Fox to do a series of movies, and they came out to Hollywood. So it was, it was a really big deal very quickly. I mean, I guess, you know, at that time, bands could, that could happen over the radio. You know, a band could play live and it could become a big... Well, yeah, the radio station. was the, the main attraction. There was no television. You know? Right, right. And so, uh, so this is, most of this material is 37, 38, 39, the, the quintet music, is that right? Yeah, the first quintet only, only lasted basically 37 through 39, yeah. Great. So let's let's play a little bit more of the of the quintet music and some of uh, a, a kind of an interesting story from Erwin Chusid, um, who I spoke with. He's a journalist, music historian, radio producer uh, who uh, was part of the rediscovery effort of Raymond Scott in the '80s, um, and is largely responsible with Jeff for his revival in the last 20 years. He lives in Hoboken. He's hosted one of the country's most innovative and explorative radio programs weekly on WFMU for 37 years. He is a self-described landmark preservationist. Uh, he told me he finds things on the scrap heap of history that don't belong there and salvages them. I love that. I love that quote. Erwin Chusid here on Raymond Scott. I discovered Raymond Scott's music somewhat by accident. I was a collector. Okay, a record collector. Yeah, I know. One of the lower life forms. So uh, there was a a buddy of mine in the mid-'80s from L.A. named Byron Werner. And Byron, at the time, he was an artist. Um, He was completely into a type of music that he labeled space-age bachelor pad music. And he was sharing this music. He was just so giddy about it. And I would get some of these tapes from, from Byron. I'd listen to them, and I liked so much of the music that was on there. And there were a couple of tracks by the Raymond Scott Quintet. 
I noticed something about that music. It was something peculiar about it, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it except to say that it was 20 years older than all the other music on his cassettes and much lower fidelity. It was a different style of music. It was more jazz-oriented. So I mentioned it to Byron that I was curious about this music, and he compiled me an entire cassette of Raymond Scott music from 78. And he gave me the cassette, and he said, you might recognize some of this music from cartoons. Well, I did. Hey, wait a minute. I think I've got it. I'll just bet that if we follow those planets, we'll find Planet X. Chad, how do I do it? I don't know. Byron explained that Raymond Scott's melodies had been used in a lot of Warner Brothers cartoons, Daffy Duck, Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner. So I became a fan of Raymond Scott just for this one cassette, and I was copying it and giving it to friends and playing it on the radio. And every time I played Powerhouse, the phone would ring. What is that? I know that. Where do I know that from? And I would explain, oh, you probably know it from Bugs Bunny cartoons. It's Powerhouse by Raymond Scott.
still didn't know anything about Raymond Scott, including whether he was even alive. But I became increasingly intrigued why someone who wrote and recorded this incredible music that was used in cartoons, it's never mentioned anywhere. There was no mention of Raymond Scott in connection with Warner Brothers cartoons anywhere. There was very little about him in jazz history books. I gathered he had a quintet, and then he had a big band, and then he seemed to have disappeared. And then in 1990, Byron Werner tells me that he found Raymond Scott. to WZBC Newton. My name is Brian Carpenter. We're doing a special on Raymond Scott. In the late 1980s, Byron had found Raymond Scott in the Los Angeles phone book. They called and spoke with Raymond's wife, Mitzi, who said that Raymond was very ill. He had a series of strokes. He couldn't speak very well. Uh, He couldn't work. They were struggling. They had very little money. She had a part-time job doing data entry to pay the bills. She didn't know Raymond's music had been used in cartoons. She didn't know anything about music publishing, and so she welcomed any help at all. And in 1990 or thereabouts, Irwin decided to fly out to California and meet Raymond Scott. I believed in it. I thought, this, this is music that I love, and everyone I've played for loves it. Therefore, there has to be a market for it, and there's a lot going on here, and this is forgotten history that needs to be rediscovered. I can't let Raymond die in complete obscurity. Uh, he deserves better. His music deserves better. So I became the official rep 
on behalf of Raymond signing with Mitzi. I could not converse with Raymond. He simply wasn't capable of forming a full sentence. And he could walk, but one side was paralyzed. Uh, he could not communicate the thoughts that were in his head. Mitzi showed me out to the guest house, which was not even a guest house. It's not like I could have slept there. It was full. It's like, it looked like it had been Raymond's workshop. It was just full of records, 78s, 12-inch air checks, aluminum discs, the uh, housing of the electronium, old keyboards, tape machines, schematics, soldering irons, and lots and lots of dirt, dust, cobwebs, and bugs. And I spent some time going through this collection and taping them, just trying to get a sense of what's in there. And it was an enormous collection. And all the while, I'm still talking to people about Raymond Scott, and still nobody knows who he is. No one's writing about Raymond, and there's no releases of Raymond. And finally, in 1991, I got Will Friedwald interested, and he was doing A&R for Stash Records, a jazz reissue label. And we put together the first Raymond Scott CD.